0: Get your tickets at Austintheater.org. Support for
1: Explained Live comes from Meals on Wheels Central Texas and World Interiors. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hey there. You're listening to This Song, the podcast where artists talk about the songs that formed and transformed them. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and this week we'll be hearing from Thomas Ross Turner of Ghostland Observatory. But before we get started, I want to let you know about a podcast that I have really been enjoying. It's called Beyond and Back, and it's produced by Chrissy Tegerstrom, who is an artist and a creative consultant here in Austin, Texas. And she talks to artists about their creative process, inspiration, and their connection to the unknown. Sound familiar? Yeah, it's like exactly the kind of conversation I like to have with people on this podcast. So if you like this song, I know you'll like Beyond and Back. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, now to Thomas Ross Turner from Ghostland Observatory. Ghostland is a duo out of Austin, and they've been putting out records since 2005's Delete, Delete, I Eat Meat. Their musical partnership makes use of the different interests and strengths of the two members. So Thomas, he's obsessed with synths and electronic sounds and vocalist Aaron Barron's is really into like rock and psychedelia and blues and the music they make. Well, yeah, like it's electronic, but it's also experimental and it's dancing and it's rock. It's like all the things. They're also known for their electric live shows like Aaron Barron's is a truly captivating frontman, and Thomas stays in the background manning the electronics and wearing a cape during performances. In 2013, the band took a hiatus, and they recently just came back. They have a new record out. It's called See You Later, Simulator, and we here at KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, like we love Ghostland Observatory, and when we heard they had new music, we were totally psyched. We were so psyched that we asked them to play our South by Southwest live at the Four Seasons show, and because they are awesome, they said yes. I didn't actually get to see the performance because I was doing another interview for this podcast, but I saw the video, and Ghostland, they're like as compelling as ever they were. I talked to Thomas after the show, and he told me about a song he heard as a kid when he was in West Texas that sparked his interest in electronic sound.
0: I grew up in Fort Stockton, which is a small town, West Texas, just desert. You're talking 80s. So I think at that time there was kind of a, a lot of West Texas economy was based on oil fields. So 80s, I think there was a bust in the oil fields. It's pretty desolate at that time. A lot of people had moved away. El Paso is four hours away. Austin's five and a half hours away. You're out there. The radio station would play from like 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. country music and news breaks. She's gonna take me to the country tonight. It's one oh six with Jim Ashmore More coming up at 2 o'clock. We'll have the uh, Overdrive Trucking News. Truckers. 6 p.m. through the night was uh, Mexican music, Norteño music, or whatever uh, the DJ wanted to play but i think maybe on saturday afternoon or some kind of special time you would get like maybe some dj that would come in there and do his own thing or like play more of the top 40 things or maybe it was a this is casey casem you know whatever i remember hearing that song white horse by laid back gotta imagine hearing that and then hearing what you're used to hearing um during the week. It's gonna (laughs) really stand out like this is way different. (laughs) So not normal to hear those sounds coming out of the radio, but I guess that song peaked in popularity enough to where it was being played at some point during the day. And it was one of those things where I'd like hope to hear it the next week. <laughs> you know, I'd be like,
1: I hope yeah. it's still on there. <laughs> it's like in internet times, yeah. it's like where you would sit there by the radio station, yeah. like, like by yeah. the actual radio. yeah, Like just, I hope I hear yeah. this song <laughs> yeah. again, because there is no
0: other way to do it. No, you're not going to just go play it 50 times because you want it instantly. It's like you had to wait a week. If you want to ride, don't ride the white horse. No. If you want to ride, don't ride the white horse.
1: And did you have any interest in music kind of at that time?
0: Well, I've seen pictures of myself with like headphones on and like... Uh, little toy pianos and then like I remember one time a friend of my mom's was like a DJ in college or something so he had like a wall full of records and he had like a reel-to-reel and some kind of like a microphone and some basic equipment and I remember like he showed me how to use the microphone and like record a cassette tape and like record effects or something. So I like recorded a whole tape with like, you know, effects and <laughs> things like that. So I, I I was really into it. I mean, it would keep me occupied for a while if I had access to it. But uh I did not know that that was going to be, you know, I didn't know music was going to be so important to me. But I knew every time I heard electronic songs like that one, it it really stood out in my mind like you know what i'm really
1: interested to know like what is it about electronic sounds that you find really compelling not i mean it was it just that it was different
0: i think the rhythm the way the vocals sound you know when you hear whether it's a a rock or a country song or just a more traditional style of music you know it's a guitar you know it's a bass drums the vocals normally they prefer to be clear and and with, elect- with electronic music, like, none of that applies. It's like the bass could be as wacky as you want it to be, and the drums can be totally weird. <laughs> and the, you know, the, there, there doesn't have to be a guitar. It can be, like, another synth, you know, and the vocals could be distorted or sound like a computer or whatever, and that's fine. <laughs> so I think for a kid, that's, that's at least for me, it was really neat to hear it like that.
1: Like Like, you can...
0: There's no rules, basically. <laughs> you could do whatever. I can remember how, almost how things smelled and how things felt. Like, it really was exciting to me. If you want to ride, ride, the white pony.
1: How long was it between, like, you know six or seven hearing these songs and like knowing that these sounds how long was it between that and then actually starting to make music
0: you have to fast forward to i think 1995 i'm in dallas and um, friends of mine are starting to go to like warehouse parties raves things so like i go and Guess what's coming out of the speakers? Like, it's just now it's like just straight electronic music, no, hardly any vocals or anything. So, I'm like, whoa! Wow, this is this exists like, <laughs> so, and and there's like, you know, a thousand people in this like warehouse. It's dark. People are dancing. It's like. It's crazy to me, you know, it's like insane. The first track that really stood out, that like brought everything together, that was like catchy enough for mainstream, obviously, and then underground enough for like warehouse parties. They were playing some Daft Punk tracks, they would play Into Silver Club, they would play Scratch It and Rollin', but the first time I heard the funk, the sounds in that, I remember like the first time I heard that, and most of the people are hearing that for the first time, just like a warehouse and you know Dallas somewhere pre-gentrification so it's just like dirty some old red brick warehouse with windows busted out and like a loud sound system and the funk's coming out and there's like thousands of people in there dancing and I was like wow this is this is real right now it's getting real <laughs> So I remember hearing that and I was like, that's what you need to do. That is what's going on right now. That's, you don't have to worry about doing anything else. Just do that because that's really good.
1: So then did you go, like, get a synthesizer and an MPC and start to, like...
0: I got... I, you know, I did it... I kind of did it the wrong way. For the most part, a lot of the people doing records back then were using an MPC and using samples and sampling drum machines and, like, making the records that way. I thought that you could, like, manipulate a synthesizer to make any sound you wanted. So I was like, this is going to take a long time because I thought that they were doing it all with keyboards... I had no idea that they were using samplers and, like, doing all this stuff. So I just spent years, like, learning just on that basic machine, learning the sequencer, learning everything I could about that machine. And then I, I, you know, got other machines and learned MIDI and learned everything the hardest way you could possibly learn it. So then when I started to discover these other things later on, I've been like, oh, man, I wasted so much time, but... (laughs) It really helped me because I think if I would have just had an MPC to begin with, I probably would have gone down a completely different path. The, the fact that I was, you know, I had to play the keys and had to like program the drums and do, you know, play the bass or like not use a um, quantizer before I even learned how to use it. Just you, you, it kind of made you ready to play with other people or play with another person. So when I got the opportunity to play with Aaron it kind of like lent itself more to that than just being like a producer guy with an MPC and a computer and however they were doing it back then.
1: And is that the thing about like electronic sound is that it can be so singular? Like you can make a sound that is just that one thing.
0: There's a childlike thing to it also, because like say you're not the best musician or you're not, uh, you don't like to play the guitar or you don't want to play rock music. Well, you can get a couple of pieces of gear and like a cassette recorder. And if you put in enough time, you might create some jam that's really cool. That's kind of, that's fun that you could get enjoyment from and show your friends and like people can enjoy, you know? And I I think that's the, the beauty of it. It's just like, it's kind of a childlike exploration of sound, you know?
1: Yeah. And because it can be like, just like in order to really do it, you have to enjoy like kind of playing around because that because in order to find sounds on electronic instruments, it can take a long time for
0: hours. Yeah. You have to really have patience and really be into it or else you're just going to like lose interest and not, not want to mess with it that much.
1: A lot of people, you know, their beef with electronic music is that it seems emotionless because it's made by machines or whatever. But I wondered, you probably have some insight into yeah, I mean, well, how to get that through a machine, you know?
0: Yeah, you, you can, I guess you could look at that in, 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 in every, in, in every kind of music, like, some people deliver the blues, and it's very believable. And you can feel what that person has gone through in their life. Some people play the blues, and you're like, not buying it <laughs> at all. You know, you're just like, okay, was that
1: what attracted you to playing with Aaron? Cause he's a pretty emotional dude. Was he's very du-
0: emotional. That's for sure. And with Ghostland, like if, if I'm left on my own devices, I'll just go completely weird electronic music. And just like most people will be like, what, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of like reins me in and makes me be like, okay, people have to kind of understand this somewhat, you know, <laughs> it's gotta make sense, you know, and I've got to hear some sort of melody to sing to, you know? So, uh, it makes me have to kind of like you know not be so selfish like because if i'm just stuck in a room with a bunch of keyboards and electronics i'll just stay in there and make weird music that
1: (laughs) That you really like that i like (laughs) but
0: most people probably wouldn't like yeah
1: what about the new project I mean you guys have you guys kind of kind of took a break
0: took a break for a while and um, the the records called uh, see you later simulator and it's kind of like uh, basically uh, about a guy um, who has turned off technology turned off like uh, social media and just kind of like that virtual world and just kind of the scary trek back into real life by turning that off So it's kind of uh, an interesting thing.
1: like I want to be that guy like half the time <laughs> I'm like could I just delete it all and yeah. like get a dumb phone and then be done with it yeah all? yeah yeah is that something that you guys think about a lot
0: I'm, I'd stay I is it's weird as it is as it is um being that I like electronics and keyboard I don't really do anything except answer emails if I have to everything else is done kind of just like I kind of st- hide <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's a nice way to be. Look, you got four kids. You got to be in the moment, man. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, totally. Yeah.
1: Well, cool. I can't wait to hear the sounds on the new record cool. for sure. Excellent. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. And this is Permanent Vacation from Ghostland Observatory's new record, See You Later Simulator. You can find a link to the full album on the show notes page for this episode at KUTX.org. You know, so you can like really get into the new Ghostland tunes. And the band, they're on tour. They're probably coming to a town near you. You can find a link to their tour dates on the show notes page as well. I had a great time talking to Thomas. I really love his insights into electronic music. And I actually spoke to his partner, Aaron Behrens, for this podcast. Like... He was in the first episode, so when Ghostland was on hiatus, he recorded and toured with another project called The Midnight Stroll, and he talks about the influence that Curtis Mayfield had on him as, like, a musician, and he also talks about Midnight Stroll. You can find a link to that episode on the show notes page as well. And that's it. You've come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced by Art Levy and me, Elizabeth McQueen. Thanks to Deidre Gott and Peter Babb and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true. Our theme song is Mahout by Austin's own Hard Proof. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.